Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello and welcome to Almost 30. Hey everybody, it's Lindsay and Krista. We're so glad you're here. We've been doing this thing for seven whole years now, which is pretty wild. We're coming up on seven years in September. Krista and I started this during a pretty intense transition in our life when we were approaching our 30s, not knowing which way was up, and found a lot of healing and comfort in our conversations, and it turned into a podcast and now a community, global community all over the world, and we're just really grateful you're here. Here to support you through all the transitions in your life and anything you're navigating. And today we have a really great conversation with Mia Magic, who is a certified witch. She is a true witch. She is an artist. She is a healer. And this is a wild ride. I think some of the conversations that I've been recording recently, so I live in Los Angeles and Lindsay lives in Brooklyn. And so sometimes we record separately. So I took this conversation with Mia and it was truly a vortex. I've been having just where I'm sitting down and then we're 30 minutes in and we're like doing a ritual or we're talking about octopuses or we're just like all <laughs> over the place. And it has just been wild and crazy. So I'm excited to bring you along this journey. In it, I was able to experience some of the work that Mia does. We were able to talk about the witch wound. We talked about our periods. We talked about witch work. We talked about black magic. It was just like such a interesting, pleasurable conversation. And I think for so many people that feel connected to Mother Earth and feel connected to this part of us that has magic and the magic within us and our intuition and wanting to experience more of the beauty of life and wanting to experience more of the unseen, I think this is going to be a perfect conversation. I wonder what a lot of people listening think or feel when they hear the word witch. I know. It no. was interesting because there was a moment I had when we recorded, we re went to a studio because our studio is being redone. And I had that thought where the person recording, I'm like, what do they think about a witch? Because me before growing up in Ohio, I would be like scared or feel weird. And I did feel the idea or perception of others perceiving a witch as bad. Like it was very interesting. I was like, wow, there's still that part of me that perceives that to be something that's negative, even though it's very much in my world and space. And I know so many amazing witches that are like mm -hmm. beautiful, good witches. But yeah, it's a whole thing. I think Mama Medicine did this work around the witch wound, but just like honoring that there is that part in all of us. It's not just them over there that are witches and having to <laughs> rectify whatever. It's like, no, there's that part of us. And yeah, just awakening or reawakening that like inner magic and taking away the stigma or charge around it. However, that showed up for you in your life, whether in this lifetime or past lifetimes. Um, but I'm really excited about this conversation. I've heard a lot about her work. And excitingly, she is going to be a special 
guest at camp. So this year we are hosting Nature Camp, which we're so excited about on July 22nd. It's a Saturday from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Y'all have been to camp. It is such a vibe. Though it's virtual, it is one of the most powerful places that you can connect with people online and learn and grow and just feel so good when you leave. It's going to be so much fun. So we've done camp. I think this will be our fifth camp. They're always a different theme, whatever we feel intuitively called to. And nature camp just felt so right to have an opportunity to remind us of all the healing available to us through nature and from nature. And Mia's session is going to be talking about using the elements for manifestation. So how can we connect to mother nature as a part of our manifestation ritual and practice. So these are never before workshops that people do not do anywhere else. People don't share the information anywhere else. It happens live on that day. You get to interact with other people in the chat. We have giveaways. We announce our membership being open for enrollment. And it is like the most powerful portal. I love camp. I get so hype. I get so excited. We have the music going. We're like moving and grooving. We have very special people that are bringing in very special codes for our community. It's like the best day, so make sure to sign up, come chill, bring your animals, have some tea, relax, and really enjoy the special magic that happens at camp. Yeah, it's completely free, so you can sign up at almost30.com slash camp, and as Krista said, this also celebrates our membership, so it kind of gives you like a little taste of the monthly experience in the membership and all of the recordings from camp will be available in the membership afterwards. So if you are just being called to be in community to really focus and take your healing and growth seriously, but also playfully, because we have a lot of fun in the membership, I would highly recommend checking out the membership. We'll talk more about it at camp as well. But I'm really excited about Mia's session and this conversation and really interested to see what conversations it stirs up in our community, kind of what inner witch witchdom it stirs up within everyone that we have listening. It'll be it'll be a great combo. Okay, guys, let's get into the episode. Let's not wait. I'm gonna let you in on some very vulnerable shares. There was a process in part where I got very vulnerable. So just FYI on that, we kind of took a left turn into something that felt really relevant and Mia did some coaching on me. And then we're gonna be talking a lot about magic. We're gonna be talking a lot about the ways of the witch and how we can incorporate more witchery into our lives to become more connected to our intuition and our power. You can find Mia at miamagic.com. It's M-I-A-M-I-G-I-K. And then also on Instagram at M-I-A-M-I-G-I-K. So magic is with a K wherever you find her. Thank you so much for joining Mia. It has been so incredible to get to know you and to be a part of your universe. Mia has courses and programs and retreats on her website as well. So you can learn about tapping more into your intuition and your magic at miamagic.com. Amazing. We'll see you all on the other side. I am juggling quite a bit lately. I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health 
routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, If you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. (laughs) Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products uh, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 and 8. Um, it's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site wide. Oh, y'all, I am wearing my shorts and my skirts and my dresses and my legs are out and I'm just so excited about it because I have my Osea Andaria Algae Body Oil and it is keeping me glowing. <laughs> it's making my legs and my arms look just so fresh, so alive, to be honest, and so young. Um, I love this product. It is from Osea Malibu. They just know what they're doing over there. They've been doing it for over 28 years. Skincare is their jam. It's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and is clinically proven, okay? It's infused with seaweed, which is the star of the show here, and I just love the products. They really work. So the body oil is so rich, but it's never greasy, Okay, and it's clinically proven to improve skin elasticity immediately. It's visibly firming your skin and makes the skin feel more sculpted and toned, which we love. It's so amazing. Overnight, you can do this during the day or overnight. I do it overnight, but I love the Andaria Algae Body Butter because I would just wake up so insanely moisturized. It's indulgent and it's really great for crepey skin. I'll put it on my knees and my elbows and anywhere that's like kind of dry. It's clinically proven to hydrate for 72 hours. It just transforms the skin. You're going to be obsessed. And then finally, the anti aging body balm. Yeah. I mean, hello. 
silky lotion serum. It just melts into my skin. I feel like it lifts and tightens and tones all over. I'm obsessed. Perfect for summer, baby. So glow from the inside out with clean vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code A30POD at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order. They're so good about that. And free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code A30 three zero pod, a 30 pod for 10% off. So glad you're here. It's a long time coming and it's perfect timing. I just really am inspired and respect you. And I feel like your work is so needed. I am always excited to talk to you and be with someone that loves the earth and mother nature as much as you do. (laughs) Whenever I can get with someone that's like just fully about Gaia and in service to nature in a way that can support our planet and support each other is just the best. So I'm really excited. (laughs) We're going to be all over the place today, which is going to be so juicy Mm -hmm. and fun, but people will see you online and they'll be like, okay, she's this person that is fully expressed and liberated and in her power and in her femininity and abundant and all of the things, which is true, but you are someone that wasn't probably always that way. (laughs) Certainly not. And I think it's just important to ground that because I think a lot of times people see someone as liberated and open as you and just think, okay, she's always been that way or that's been easy or that's been a part of her experience. What was your journey to reclamation of your witchness and your power and really this person that we see today? Oh my goddess, it's been long. Yeah, I was tortured and bullied and made fun of my whole childhood. I loved my fairy tales and my fantasy. I was totally like Belle and Beauty and the Beast with her nose stuck in the book. I liked the idea of what happened in my stories better than what was happening around me. And so I read all the Harry Potters and my favorite book when I was eight was called In the Hand of the Goddess, which obviously has become so much more significant (laughs) as I've grown up. And it was like an escape. I would always be reading because everyone outside of my books was mean and didn't like me and thought I was a loser. And so, yes, there are some aspects that I have always been good at. I've always been a character. I've always been well-spoken. I'm a Gemini. I have a wonderful memory. I can pull facts and histories and things because I love to learn. But the biggest challenge for me was that people told me that who I was was awful and annoying. Annoying was like the number one (laughs) word used to describe me. And so my youth was just about hiding myself, hiding my belief in magic, hiding my interests, trying to hide my power, which was impossible. So it would come as eruptions of emotion or aggression or just intensity, or it would be just expressed in ways that no one could connect with and no one resonated with. And so people just wanted to keep me at arm's length. And really, it it took a long time. I mean, from like 11 until my early 20s, I was just dead asleep mm. trying to pretend to be anyone else other than who I was so that I would be accepted, so that I would be worthy, so that I would belong. But I didn't actually care about those people I was trying so hard to belong with and I didn't actually have any shared interests with them so I was just wearing a mask all day every day and ultimately it just led to really deep depression riddled with anxiety every choice you know was always so much worry about what I was saying and what I was doing where I was going 
And I just was lost. I was like camped out in the abyss of my own darkness. And it took me a really long time. I also was in an accident when I was 16. I almost became an amputee. And so that was then this whole other layer of now I'm disfigured, I'm deformed, God hates me. <laughs> there was a lot of layers to feeling like who I was was just bad. There was just something wrong with me. And thank the goddess, finally, I realized that, wait a second, it's me there's something wrong with. It's this world we're living in. And why do we not want to believe in magic? And why do we not want to encourage children's creativity? And we don't want people to be themselves. We want to teach them to be like everyone else, which just makes them miserable and feel unworthy and unlovable. And again, so much shame, like there's something wrong with me. And that was, shame was just like the vibration that I lived in for years. And so it was a gradual process for me. It wasn't, some people have like an overnight awakening and they're just like, okay, I'm free. Mine was not like that. It's been baby steps every day in every way. And there were some big things, you know, spiritual medicine really helped, 5-MeO-DMT, ayahuasca, mushrooms, all of those medicines helped in the beginning of my journey. Burning Man, breath work, sex magic, tantra, everything was a key code that would unlock some new layer. But what the essence of my work that's now become my work, but that my work was for myself is just who am I if I'm myself, if I like me, if I'm using my inner child's desire for my life and her joy and her pleasure and what she loved and what she was so excited about and who she saw herself becoming. If I use that as my guiding light and that's my North Star, then what does my life look like? And for a long time, you said like, oh yeah, you're abundant and you're liberated and all of those things. And there was a long period where I was totally broke because my focus was I just want to feel safe to be myself. And so I'm going to spend every day doing whatever I want. And if that means that my morning routine lasts from the moment I get up until the moment I go to bed, then like, so be it. And what does it mean for me to just be in healing, be in devotion, be in connection to God, be embodied in my vessel? And that was what I focused on diligently, you know, day in and day out. That was my focus. And I told my parents and people in my life, I would rather be broke and happy and figuring this out than be sacrificing myself to make money and, and still be miserable. So it was a long journey, but it really now, of course, that I get to carry this transmission, I like to call myself a per-missionary for people to just be themselves. Now it's such a gift, but it, it took me a long time and a lot of work to be able to do it myself. Yeah, I think that's what I really want people to walk away with in this conversation and others. It is the tiny moments. Yeah. It's like the micro decisions. It's the micro conversations. It's the micro choices that really make the impact not the big thing. And over my time in this journey of life, it's like, I don't know what it was. It was yeah. each day kind of mm -hmm. moving closer towards the thing. I'm curious, what were the masks you wore? What were like your expressions of inauthenticity that you played around with before you found your authenticity? Number one is just muggle. Yeah. <laughs> just like not magical at all. Like no meditation, no spiritual practice. I did yoga, but it wasn't about connecting to God or, or the divine. 
so that was one, just like not believing in magic, kind of hiding my interest in fairy tales and finding deeper spiritual gifts, right? And all of my books, they're, one of them even, it was called The Gift. If you had magic, it was called The Gift. And some girls could heal, which is definitely the core of my magic. And some girls could talk to animals. And some girls had lightning bolts coming out of their fingers, but it was all called The Gift. And so for me, it was like pretending not to be gifted, pretending some of these things like being eloquent and some of the stuff that people look at me and say, oh, but you're like this. It's so easy for you. Some of those are just gifts that I was born with and they're blessings, but I hid from them and I wasn't making content. And I'm sure you know, Alexi Panos, like I'll never forget. She said to me, Mia, the fact that you're not telling your story is selfish. And so, yeah, I was just hiding. That was a big mask that I wore and not being interested in the things that I'd always been interested in, not connecting with nature, being vapid and materialistic and obsessed with things that I actually didn't care about. Another one is like alcohol. Drinking was a big one for me. I never really drank. It never really felt right to me. So like after high school, spent a lot of time drinking in high school. That was Same. that was a big mask that I was wearing, just like getting, and I would just get Blacked same blacked out. out or nothing fucked up disgusting like, why Dude. because i was in pain same because i was in so much pain so that was a big one smoking weed all day every day <laughs> Dude, like just like too. blunt after blunt like just to not feel yeah. everything else that was going on under there and now my relationship with maria as i call her is like such a sacred plant yeah. and so it's just how we relate to everything it's how we relate to the water, when it, the water comes out of the sink, I'm like, oh, thank you, sacred water. It's like I was just blind, dead, asleep. And that was the biggest mask that I wore was pretending like I didn't still believe that at some point my Hogwarts letter was going to come. Like, it's going to come. I know I'm over 11 now, but someday, like, Hagrid's going to burst through the door and say, you're a wizard, Mia. <laughs> and I realized that I just had to do that for myself. That own permission slip. Yep. Yeah, I think when I think about my journey with alcohol and weed and substances before, when it was kind of unconscious, it was like my desire for more in life, my desire to kind of open a door and be yep. like, oh my God, I can alter how I feel. Mm-hmm. I can alter how I see things. I can alter the experiences that I was having because I knew that there was more, but I didn't really know how to access it because I grew up Catholic, conservative Ohio. Wow. So it's like just a whole vibe of different world of gray Mm. and it was hard for me to find I know there's more I don't know how to access it so it was just trying different things whether it was drugs or sex or relationships or different types of experiences but when people hear the word witch a lot of them there's a charge yeah there's some people there's like curiosity some people there's fear what was your journey for choosing the witch path as your path of like your expression or like the code that you really wanted to pull through it chose me girl I did not the sorting hat chose me bitch exactly (laughs) like I actually used to be against it myself people would call me witchy and I'd be like no I'm a wizard like Harry Potter when the origin of the word it's all the same wisdom wicked wicca witch wizard all of it just means wise. It's an old Germanic and then Scottish word. It just meant one with wisdom, one who sees, one who knows. In the Norse, like in Scandinavian, it's vitke. Like it's all just the same word. And so I was very like, don't call me that because of the connotation that it has. But then when I learned it means wisdom, the difference between knowledge or information, which we all can gather throughout different ways in our lives, and 
wisdom is the act of embodying it. It's like, what did I learn from this experience? Am I living in alignment or in response to the lessons that I've gained in my life? And I realized that shaman, priestess, curandera, there's all these different words, but it's all just ancient wisdom. It's just how we're accessing it, what our soul feels called to. And like I said, the hat, she chose me. I went to Burning Man one year and I met this smoking hot Persian girl who was walking around in all these like gorgeous outfits and had a black witch hat on. And I had, I could tell that there was a magic hat that had been waiting for me. People wear top hats at Burning Man. And so I tried the top hat thing for a while and I, it was my magic hat and it just felt right. But I, in my soul, such a weird thing because I've never been a hat person. It's like, this isn't quite my magic hat. This is someone's magic hat, but it's not mine. And I'm following this girl around and I was just having these visions. She'd be like dipping and weaving through the crowd, really tiny girl, but with this hat on. And I'm just following the hat. And it was like weaving like, into a trance. <laughs> yeah. And watching her dance, she was so beautiful. And she would just be looking at me in the hat. And I was like, something is happening. So, of course, we took a couple of photos with the hat. And those were my first photos that ever went viral. And it was just like the hat. And then I started going back after Burning Man to like regular pictures of me. And like, you know, it'd be like 5,000 likes and like 200 likes. And I was like, just me. It's a shit, you know? And then I'd put another one with the hat up. And it was like, and I realized it's not just about the hat. It's about the reclamation. It's about the willingness for someone like me, who's like sweet and smart and a spiritual girl saying, hey, this symbol that has meant evil for the last 2000 years, like I'm going to reclaim that and I'm going to make it sweet and accessible and digestible for you. And one of the things that I love so much about the witch hat is that when you turn it upside down, it's the shape of the womb. Mm. And so when you put on a conical hat and always what it was meant to be is like having the womb atop your head so that that womb that we send into the earth is then sent into the stars and sent into the cosmos. And also it's like an antenna. It's extending your energetic field. And once I got a hat for myself, like I I put it on, the one that was actually mine and not my friend's, and I just felt like myself. I just felt like, oh, this is the magic hat that I've been waiting for. This is some piece of my spirit that I have been waiting for in this lifetime. And I'm sure you're familiar with the Gene Keys. I just recently, this last summer with Blue, I was looking at my gene keys and they were like oh ha ha what's me as gene key like life's work gonna be magic he 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 and we looked it was transfiguration cool. like professor mcgonagall's class the only word in the entire english language that would mean that much to me and i had one of those psychedelic yeah. like crying laughing orgasming hyperventilating all at the same time just looking at that word and that is what I do is like change one thing into another, change a muggle into a magical person, change power into or pain into power and purpose and change scarcity into abundance, change contraction into expansion and misery into freedom and liberation. And so it was, yeah, the hat really chose me. She was like, hey, you're the one I want to carry me forward into this modern day and help people heal this this wound to our wisdom. Yeah. We've been taught not to listen to our intuition and not to listen to our hearts and our pussies and our wombs and, and 
the love and the planet itself. And it's like, it's only hurt us so far. So what better thing can I do than help us remember that this is not a symbol of evil. This is a symbol of our connection to the womb of all life and the world around us. When you were talking about the Gene Keys piece, (laughs) I always think in transfiguration, it's like, are we remembering or are we Mm. alchemizing? I think it's both. Yeah. Because to remember literally means to like put back together again. So we're putting ourselves back together again into the wholeness that I believe we once had. Like you look at Egypt and these golden age societies, like that was who we once were. And because of how the last 2000 years have gone in the patriarchy and in modern religion, disconnecting us from God and making this disembodied, punitive, white bearded dude in the sky into this like really horrible father that we're supposed to love and revere, but that like punishes us. It's just not fun. It doesn't feel good. And so all of that trauma that's been inflicted upon us and from desecrating the earth and forgetting that she's actually the mother we all share, not to say there isn't a father, of course there is, but like we're literally walking upon her in every moment. And I believe that that's what we're alchemizing is all the pain of the separation from both mother, father, God, and the divine in general and each other and remembering that we are the elements like this is the earth. This is the wind flowing through the blood in your veins is the water and there's fire making your heart beat every single moment. And the fifth sacred thing is what ties it all together. So I think that that's what we're alchemizing is the forgetfulness, is the separation, is the loss of our wisdom. And we that's what we do when we transfigure it from lead into gold, from loss into gain, from emptiness into treasure. Do you think that the disconnection we have from mother nature and then from like the belief that we are god or we have access to god on our own is like what makes being human so uncomfortable because there's such discomfort a lot of people have and there's like an unsettling feeling at times i know for me sometimes i'm like i have such a beautiful life and it still feels incredibly painful at times Yeah. And so I always wonder, I'm like, what is that like general feeling of knowing there's more, but also feeling so, yeah, disconnected at times? Yeah. I think that's just a symptom of our modern world. Yeah. Even apartments, even like the way that homes are built, even national borders, fences. This is my land and that's your land. And you're welcome here, but not over there. Or that never was the case. And women would help out and raise each other's babies. If you had milk in your breasts, you could pass somebody's baby over to you and nurse them. And it was like totally normal. And so we've separated ourselves from nature and we've separated from each other. And then we've also like not of our own accord, but been separated from God and the universe. Like, of course we're uncomfortable. Of course it feels painful. If we don't remember that we're made out of these same elements as all of creation, like we don't feel like we're part of anything, like we're part of life, like we're part of a tribe. And I always liken it to breath and the word inspire comes from to breathe life into, transpire, respire, all of it. Inspiration, it's about breathing. And wind, air, breath is everywhere like love. It's unconditional. It's infinite. It's everywhere. But then what do we do? We put up walls. 
we put four walls around things and we create windows and doors and blockages and all of these things. And so like we create conditions, we build up walls and fortresses often to prevent ourselves from experiencing the love between one another with ourselves and the planet for our own bodies. Even just like how many people have such a hard time even just loving their own vessel, Mm -hmm. like the home of your soul. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, everybody goes through it. It's painful. And when you're God, if you want to actually experience anything, you got to like create the illusion Mm -hmm. of limitation in order to have an adventure. Otherwise you're just everything everywhere all the time. So I don't know, but it is, I get it. We're all, I find that the more devotion I offer to mother nature, the less like existential agony I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, because you're reminded of what's real and what's true. And it just brings you out of sort of like the mind and back into the body and the roots. But with being a witch, what technically is a witch? I know you love words and you love (laughs) understanding them, but for someone else to see, how would you describe a witch? Yeah, I describe it pretty differently because it is just about wisdom. It's about you living your life in alignment with what you've learned through your experiences. So if you've learned that Love, yeah, it's sometimes it's hard to give, but it's always worth it. If you've learned that when you open yourself to receive, the universe blesses you with incredible friends and wonderful community and gorgeous opportunities, then like you let yourself receive. Like me, I've learned that the more reverent I am to Mother Nature, the better I feel in my body and the more abundant I am and the easier it is to hear my own intuition and inner guidance system. And so if we live in alignment with what we've learned, we're a witch. I'm not one of those people that's like, okay, you have to cast spells and you have to do this. Like that's just more dogmatic religious bullshit. We don't need any more of that. No one needs to be told how they're supposed to worship or what they're supposed to do or say these specific things. That's why I love words so much is every person is going to have different associations. If I say the word education and I say the word sex and I say the word freedom, Every single person is going to have totally different words that they immediately associate with those things. So I'm never going to teach you what spell that you need to do in order to, you know, make something come to fruition. I'll teach you how to write a spell. It's like you teach a man to fish, you feed him for life. And so I like to teach people how to access their intuition, their inner wisdom and guidance system, how to connect with the earth in order to receive whatever she wants to bring through you how to step into your power or cultivate it within your body so that then it's what's fueling and driving you. But I'm never going to teach anyone like what they're supposed to do because I just don't believe that that's the way. It's like you think about climbing a mountain. An eagle is going to soar to the top and a snake is going to slither around and the prairie dogs or whoever else are going to like burrow through and people are going to walk and there's just infinite paths up the mountain. So... I think that being a witch is literally just about being yourself, listening to your intuition, your inner wisdom and guidance system, and finding out what it means for you to have a relationship with the planet or to have a relationship with the divine and following that and listening to it and letting yourself be led down your path because it's your path is your own. Nobody can tell you what it is. Yeah, I loved how earlier you were like spiritual. (laughs) And you did spiritual with quotes because it is like whenever I'm like, I'm spiritual, you're like, 
I'm, you know what I mean? Can you explain why you're like that? Yeah, because it's spirit. Again, it's the same word. It's like yes. it's breath. All of life is being breathed in every moment. And so my relationship to God is going to look different than yours. And my reprogramming of even that word, yes. right? I didn't have a Catholic upbringing. I grew up with hippies in Northern California and they didn't talk about God a lot, but like I did have to, you know, work with what everyone else had told me God was yeah. to change it. And I think that everyone is going to experience spiritual growth or their own spirit, like how life is being breathed into them in a unique way. There isn't one way to be spiritual. It's different for everybody. And even I'm like, there's a, the book over there on the shelf is like divergent, you know? Mm -hmm. Even in that movie, they put everybody into groups based on what their skills are or what their interests are. And then the person who's they're naughty or wrong, has a little tidbit of each of those skills or has a little texture or flavor of each of those abilities or those interests. And that's really what spirituality is and what my journey has been is letting it be like a buffet, yeah, like a smorgasbord. Totally. And like I'm like, today I want to try Tantra and tomorrow I want Buddhism and then I'm going to go do yoga and then I want to do some witchcraft. And what does it look like for me to fill my spirit with whatever is right in the moment. And that's just what I want everyone to do. That's why I'm never, yeah, that's I think why people most resonate with me. That's one of the most common comments I get is like, wow, you're a witch, but you're teaching witchcraft very different than everyone else. And craft means strength or skill. And again, witch means wise. So it's like, you're just strengthening your own wisdom and only you can do that. No one can do it for you. Yeah, I think it's the non-dogmatic approach. Like the light approach, the free approach. And that's even when you did spirituality. That's how <laughs> it's like, how can we remove the dogma, the labels? Because I do find so many people that come into this space are like, okay, this means I have to do this course, this program. Yeah. I have to learn this type of thing. I have to understand this concept. And it becomes so in the mind rather than in the body and in the heart. Yeah. For me, the most spiritual thing is people that are in the heart, you know, and really honoring the heart, which is the earth and our planet. So when people come into the work of being a witch or understanding witchcraft, a lot of what comes up is witch wound. Yeah. And we were talking before, something that you've talked about that I really love is that men also have the witch wound and yeah. that we as a culture and society have witch wounding. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So during the time, there's a long history, right, of from the current era when Christianity became a religion. And obviously the OG Christians were originally Jews and then they began believing in these different teachings and doctrine of Jesus. And I personally love Jesus's teachings. I'm all about the kingdom of heaven love within him. you and love your neighbor. Like I'm all about that. It's really just the people that speak on his behalf. I'm not as excited about. <laughs> as things changed and the Roman Catholic Church took over the Roman Empire, which had been one of the greatest polytheistic multi-god pantheons of all time, that had come from the Sumerian and Babylonian into the Egyptian, into the Greek, and like who conquered who as things changed. But when we really talk about the witch wound, it's basically in its essence about what happened when this massive number, the more accurate estimates are around 9 million people, 9 million women, and not just women, it was people with deformities and physical handicaps and queer people and men and non-binary people. Like, it was all different kinds of people, but mostly women in a time when that was a much larger percentage of the population. The world did not have as many people on it. 
back then several hundred years ago as it does now. We're growing so rapidly. And so back then, all of these people are being pulled out of their homes for gathering herbs. There's no pharmacies. There's no medicine. Your medicine is the plants. So like, oh, you've got a cut. Oh, you've got a fever. Oh, you've got a sore throat. It's like plants were all that was going to help you. Witches were just doctors and healers. Imagine if we like started (laughs) dragging all the doctors through the mud, you know, like people would think we were crazy. But during this time for going out and having a ritual together or talking to animals, which like we see remnants of that through fairy tales. Fairy tales are one of the only ways that our old stories and our old gifts and abilities have been sort of hidden in plain sight to be safeguarded into the modern world. But so often princesses can talk to their animals. Almost every Disney princess has like her familiar. That's true. Such a witchy thing. But then we see like the evil queen, the one who has magic as like the witch. And so they're pitting these two parts of the feminine against one another when originally it would have been like this one, we are all of it. If you were out gathering herbs, if you were seen talking to an animal, if you had a well full of water, if you had an abundant field and somebody else had gotten pestilence, but your field had done well, oh, you must be a witch. And a lot of it that most people don't know about is a lot of it was done to like steal things from people. So if a woman's husband died and she got all of his land and all of his everything, people around her would call her a witch in order to take her resources. There were a lot of different reasons for it. But imagine being a man back at a time when like, your job was to protect and to provide for and then your sister cousin lover mother daughter whatever it is is ripped out of your house and tied up on a pyre and burned alive or drowned or tortured and then found guilty the torture devices that they were using like giant pokers that would open up vaginally And then they would say that you witches were allergic to iron. They couldn't be touched by iron. And so they would mutilate people and then push them down onto an iron chair. And when they'd scream, they'd say, oh, see, she's a witch. Like she can't touch the iron when like really she's been violently tortured. So there were a lot of things that were happening. I'm going to let that leave my brain. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But it's important to know, you know, like I think that that's also like there's sexual trauma that people can feel when they haven't actually even experienced it in this lifetime. And There's a lot of this. And it's about our power. You talk about me being liberated and magical and free and all of those things. Yes. And like if you were too powerful, if you were too outspoken, if you were too abundant, like it was dangerous. And that's why so many women are so afraid to just speak up or be themselves. So as this was happening to women and of course all people, but mostly to women, their fathers, brothers, husbands, lovers, sons, everything, all of those men were supposed to protect them. Somebody comes in and takes your woman from you and then kills her. All of a sudden, like your entire life's purpose is gone. And what you were supposed to do, you failed at. And you're bad. And you didn't do it right. And that has lived on in men. And you weren't allowed to speak up because then they were just going to kill you or kill someone else in your family. If you spoke out against the church or said anything about like what you're doing is wrong, you were just the next victim or they would take all of your lands and then maybe you have three sons and the two daughters are gone, but you still want to take care of your boys. And people just started to stay quiet because silence was the only way to survive. 
And that has lived on in men, especially when you think about if 9 million women-ish disappeared so quickly, think about all the men that they must have been connected to. And that ripple effect is so deeply ingrained in the masculine. And of course, like you're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to grieve or mourn the loss of your partner or your child or whatever it was. And it's just trickled down and and totally toxified men. And they just don't feel safe to be themselves. And they also just don't trust themselves to do the thing that they were always meant to do. And that's why a purposeless man is so can be so dangerous because they're just in so much pain. And it's not just about this lifetime. It's been passed down. And we think about Europe. We don't even remember like the indigenous civilizations and cultures and polytheistic gods and nature spirits. And everywhere on earth was like that pre-Christianity. Everywhere. And so we've all just forgotten who we were. We've all just forgotten where our lineage came from and what the magic of our land was because it was wiped out really quickly. And that exists, that pain exists in everyone. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. Okay. Small daily actions. 
(sighs) They just make a big difference. And I just cannot emphasize this enough. It creates this cascade effect and honestly a snowball effect. (laughs) So one begets the next really great positive small action, but it almost has like a bigger impact as the day, as the week goes on. Um, And I'm just someone who very much believes in this, whether you're like smiling at a stranger or maybe you wake up a little bit earlier to practice your meditation or maybe read part of the book that you're loving. Uh, or maybe you integrate a healthy habit, like taking a probiotic, which is something that I've been doing for a few years now. I've been taking seeds DSO one daily symbiotic and I love it. And I've just noticed that this is the catalyst at the beginning of the day for a ton of healthy choices that I make. Um, and I've noticed a difference when I don't take it. Um, I forgot on vacation a few months ago and I noticed a difference. I was bloated. I wasn't as regular. I started to get a little breakout on my chin. Things were just going haywire. Um, so I'm just so thankful for seed. If you are someone who wants to support your gut or your skin digestion, your gut barrier integrity, oh, I recommend seed. Their DSO-1 daily symbiotic is incredible. What is different about Seed? So Seed's patented capsule and capsule design is so unique. It basically means that the fragile bacteria within the capsule can survive the journey. So from like shipping to your door to when you put it in your body all the way through your GI tract, um, all without synthetic or chemical coatings. Um, and this was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics in the microbiome. They're the best in the space. Um, so I just, I trust them and I've experienced incredible results. So trust your gut with Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash almost and use the code 25 almost to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash almost. The code is 25 almost. I don't know the answer to this, and I'm curious what you think. In a book that I really love, Law of One, they talk about there was basically like aliens from the Orion group came to basically remove us from one another, create more contrast for our greater ascension because we learn through contrast in this third dimensional experience. What do you think was happening, though? Who was the group that was causing us to basically turn against each other, to basically burn women at the stake to mutilate women. Because if we're talking about a group of people that are wounded and victimized in this sense of women or witches, who is the perpetrators? Other planet? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, good. Okay. We're going into the weird shit. Great. (laughs) I was like, what do I really want to ask? Yeah. I don't think there's a way to fully know that. Yeah. You look at some of the art in the Vatican and- I mean, say no more. Yeah. It's- pretty dark and demonic and evil and i think that that's the best way often craziest thing yeah for people to convince someone is like blame someone else yeah yeah if we're the most evil force on the planet if we're raping and pillaging and like you look at all the gold in the vatican it's all from latin america south america like they're just taking wealth confiscating temples like destroying they have their own financial system yeah exactly they're not even they don't they're they have no governance yeah they're allowed to do whatever they want yeah because they created for themselves absolute rule in Rome, which was like the center of the world at that time. I don't know. Are they reptilians? Certainly seems like it. Something that I really try to focus on, we were talking before about bringing witchiness into your everyday. The pillar 
of my work and what helps me do everything is, okay, so where is the witch hunter within me? Mm. Where is the reptilian consciousness or where is the way that I respond to myself or my inner child with abuse or neglect or anger or frustration? If I'm the witch, then I am the witch hunter. If I am the embodied priestess, like I am also the perpetrator. And so I just look at how am I perpetuating the things that I don't want within myself? How am I being unkind? Where am I pilfering more resources? Whether it's even just like my health or my time, like, or spending too much time scrolling or whatever it is, I really just look at, okay, how can I deal with that internally? If I'm an expression of the macrocosm in my little microcosmic reality right here, what can I do about it? So that whether it's aliens or reptilians or splicing of DNA or like the stoned ape or like all of the things, whatever, there's so many theories. What I'm concerned with is how do I respond and relate to that in my mind and in my everyday life? And how do I keep believing even more in magic and even more in my healing and even more in a beautiful, harmonious, heaven on earth kind of world so that that's ultimately what I am living in. And, and so I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't have the answer. Yeah. It's always fun to go there, you know, oh, to like yeah. sit with your friends and just be like, <laughs> yo, what's up with this? I mean, my partner is a full blown alien. He is oh. not from this planet. I got someone, one of those <laughs> like, like sleeping next to me every home. night. Yeah. Totally. You're like, he's still there. Yeah. It's fun to do that. But I really love that you brought that up because yeah. that's very Jungian. That's like very as above. I love that because I do think when we get into that space and I remember in 2020 and 21 and 2022 a little bit, it was a conspiratorial phase. Like everyone was like on the conspiracy tip. Yeah. Been on that tip for a little while. But it's like <laughs> we just can lose ourselves in where are we othering? Yeah. Where are we just continuing to other, continuing to victimize, continuing to look outside of ourselves, continuing to blame and be like, oh, that is this thing. That is not me. Yeah, totally. And we are all everything and yep. we are all nothing. But it's just <laughs> really important when we're thinking about how is someone else bad yeah. or how is something else bad or how is some other system or structure bad? How can we just bring that in and like, where am I holding back? Where am I judgmental? Where am I all of the things that I'm most scared of? And that's part of the shadow work. So yeah. within your work and how you work with people, how do you do shadow work? Like how do you perceive or work with shadow? I work a lot with trance state. So I put people into a subconscious place, which is one of my great gifts, leading visualizations and meditations. And it's very easy for me to put someone into a trance pretty I would quickly. love to see if you could because I've never been able to do that. My Walk manager like is like, yo, I, I cry. Like there's something about it that terrifies me so much. Isn't that weird? Ooh, that's a good question. What's terrifying about it? I'm afraid that my soul will leave my body and like never come back. Or I'm afraid that something will come in. Like I'll have a walkout. Well, basically that something will come in, into my body and I'll never be here again. Oh, okay. This is good. So if you were never going to be here again, then what would happen? That'd be dope. But there'd be something in my body, like okay. running my body. Okay, good. And what are you afraid that it would do? Hmm. That's a good one. If something was running your body that wasn't you, what would be the worst thing that could happen? Mm. Well, I guess if I really think about it, then it'd probably be doing something that I would perceive to be bad. Right. And I would like, I would not want that control of my experience. Yeah. What would be a bad thing that it would do? I don't know. Embarrass me. 
<laughs> oh yeah good but if you've already left your body then like what the fuck is it gonna do yeah or maybe hurt people i love yeah hurting other people yeah but yeah there's like a very tender tie i feel to and i also have this fear of people impressing upon my subconscious yeah not that anything about you but i have I that know. fear too where i'm like oh they're gonna impress upon my subconscious something that what I would they want. impress their opinions or perspectives yeah like i have a very sticky subconscious so i'm afraid that they'll impress something upon my subconscious that I would want. What specifically? Something evil. Yeah. Something dark. So how do you experience evil? What would be something evil that could be impressed upon your sticky subconscious? It can be very dark, but as you said, as above and so below, even a small way. So what my question would be to you, and like, again, it goes so much deeper. I'm like, let's do this. What I'm curious about is if the story is that there's this deep, dark evil, right? We can conceptually have awareness of something as truth, but it's a lot more difficult to embody it. You're like in the mind, in the body. So I'm curious, like if you can look at yourself, even like in your partnership, right? Like in the healing process of going through that in like questioning, did I or did I not do anything wrong or whatever mm. it is? Like I, I'm not familiar with what questions you're asking yourself, but where is the micro evil? that you're allowing into your life mm. or that you're saying to yourself. I'll give you an example, right? One of the challenges that I have with my partner is if and when I get triggered by something or I feel like he isn't doing what I want, I start to feel like there's something wrong with me, that old story from my childhood. And if I'm feeling like there's something wrong with me, then not only am I kind of telling myself that and I'm feeling like there's something wrong with me, but then I'm reacting and responding from the energy of there's something wrong with me and that can make my communication really unpleasant for this man who fucking loves me and is so there for me. Can you give an example of this dynamic? Yeah, totally. In our sex life, mm -hmm. if he wants to just fuck one day yeah. and like we've been together for three and a half years, it's okay. It's not like he's using me or but I want to do a big long ritual and I want it to be this whole ceremony and I want to do breath work and I want to eye gaze for 30 minutes. And he's just like, baby, like I need maintenance fuck. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I don't, well, ew, I've never heard it called that, but, like, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> but you know, or he just wants to connect. He just wants to like feel our love together and he doesn't want to need to do a bunch of stuff in order to feel worthy of making love. But I want to feel like he values me and my priestesshood enough for us to like take a three hour afternoon. And he's just, it's just not his value the same way as it's mine. But then if he doesn't do it or show up the way I want, then like I get pissed and I'm frustrated and then nobody wants to fuck anyway. And it's very muggle. It's very old mask. It's not me responding in deep compassion and love and care of him. And it's not like evil, but it's unkind to me and it's unkind to him. And it doesn't make us feel more connected. It makes us feel disconnected. It makes us create separation. And it's sticky. And so that's where like little small things, something I said to this little girl one time, I was like, if you had a magic wand, what would you do? What wish would you have? And she goes, I would end all wars and I would blow up all the bombs and guns so no one could ever fight and hurt each other. And I was like, first of all, great wish. Like, good job, kid. Her parents are actually like super A-listers. And so I was like, okay, this is great that they raised a child like that. Hallelujah. But then five minutes later, I see her fighting with her brother. I'm like, hey, girlfriend, you want to end war? That's war right there, what you're doing. Just that little thing of like being against your brother. That's what happens in warring. And I just saw her eyes just sparkle and open. And that's the thing. 
as above, so below, then we can amplify it and create it into being this like massive thing that we would be afraid of. So that's why I'm curious, where did you experience evil or where do you feel afraid of your own darkness that then is allowing you to perceive that if something else, something outside, which doesn't exist because you're the only one here, there is nothing outside, right? How could that thing, if it came into you and was going to embarrass you or hurt someone that you love, like what are you doing now in your life that's actually still perpetuating that that allows the fear below to exist? And even if you're closing your eyes like that, do you feel where it is? You said like, oh, there's a thread of this fear of losing my body or like leaving my body. Can you feel even where that thread of fear lives? In my stomach. Yeah. So stay in there for a second. Let's just do this. Let's go. So when you feel into your stomach and you can experience that thread, how does it show up? What does it look like or feel like? Does it have a texture? Like a tightness. Yeah. It feels like tight and constricted. Does it have a color? Yeah, like a deep purple. Great. So if you tune in with this deep purple tightness and constriction in your stomach, can you just ask it, what do you need or what are you here to tell me? It's here to feel free. Mm-hmm. Let's start with free. So stay in there. What does it need in order to experience being free? What would allow it to be free? To have the opportunity to be seen as bad. Ooh, good. Okay, what does that look like specifically? Letting people down. Ooh, okay. So like where in your life do you feel like well, when you don't let people down, what you're actually doing is letting yourself down? Yeah. Where specifically does that where? happen? Where? Let's see. Everywhere. Yeah. Mm. I think in my work, I think it's... I wouldn't say everywhere. That's obviously an exaggeration. But in most of my life, I feel like it's like constant tending to mm-hmm. fires mm-hmm. and being the fire for mm-hmm. relationships, situations, my work, my things, where it's like the constant battle to just continue to feed everything because I feel like without my attention or tending or perfection, it's not going to be tended to or won't like there will be no fire or yeah, flame. Totally. So fire is creation and destruction. So that's big. That's important. It's the element of transformation. So when you tune in with it and it just wants, in order to feel free, it just wants to like let people down, even if it's just one or two things. Is there anything specific that like that tightness needs to just be able to feel safe to let someone down in order to free itself? Is there like even just one or two situations where maybe we could accept letting someone down here. I think it's, this is what I've been working on a lot lately. I'm working on not Mm self-abandoning and like encouraging the part of me that still loves myself when I do disappoint people or Mm. do let them down. Mm -hmm. And also, it's also like the paradox of loving that part of me so that Encouraging that part of me that can love the part of me that lets people down, but then also letting go of control of how people will perceive me. So it's like when I'm doing that, I'm adjusting and like juking and driving to to not disappoint people or let people down or to maintain a specific persona or idea that they have of me. Yeah. So let's stay in with that purple, the tightness and constriction Mm -hmm. that you felt. And it just wants to be free. 
and it wants to be free to let people down every once in a while so that some of that internal fire can stay lit so that every once in a while you can abandon someone else's expectations in service of not self-abandoning. So is there a particular one thing that it's asking of you in order to release, in order to free itself, like in order to be free, in order to be liberated, like the theme of this episode, I need you to be willing to let someone down with X. Is there one particular place or thing? I have a few personal great things I can think of. Great. So it's okay that nobody knows what they are. That's totally fine. But how could you show it right now? Let's just call it like I'm willing to let someone down with the scheduling or whatever it is. Can you show it the embodiment or the action of letting that thing go? Being like, okay, I commit to you that I will let someone down with this particular thing so that I can be free so that you know that I will never abandon you. Yeah. Yeah, it's what it is. It's like making it believable yeah. to that part of me. The manager in me is like, no, we could just yeah. adjust yeah. <laughs> to not do that. It's like, well, okay, that's nice, but there's still adjustments we can yeah. make too. We can make everyone happy is what it says. So what would be the thing that you would need to do to not give a fuck about making everyone else happy and just make yourself happy? What would that look like, even if it was in one particular area? or one of these personal situations? Probably a portal to this would probably be like off my phone for a few days. Oh, great. Because I okay. feel like my phone is such a portal to yeah. how people access me mm-hmm. and causes me to adjust so much of my life to whatever's coming through yeah. the phone portal. Yeah. And is there like a place maybe where you could go? Is there anywhere that your soul has felt called to that you could just go and take a few days to just not be on your phone and enjoy your life and maybe explore nature and just be in some quiet, reflective energy? No, but I'm available for Great. the option. So we're just asking the goddess to like send you to wherever the right place yeah. is, is going to be. And so if that's the first example, and again, we don't have to go into what the personal things are. We don't necessarily need that. But can you think of, are there any other things like the way that a few days without my phone just popped up? Are there any other little pieces like that, tangible things that this part of you is asking for? Definitely more freedom in my schedule. Great. Yeah, freedom in my schedule. Great. And are you in charge of that? Okay, great. Because you're the boss, right? So you get to do whatever the fuck you want. Wow. That's right. Is there anything else? Those two things? Are those kind of the majors? Great. So I want you to just place your hands on your stomach. Yeah. And just make it a promise. I'm going to schedule one day a week or three hours a day, whatever is right for you, whatever commitment you feel is like comfortable but still pushing the edge. And then sometime within the, and choose a number, whether it's sometime within the next week or sometime within the next month, I'm going to just take a weekend without my phone. And I want you to just make the promise to that part of your stomach. 
I'm going to liberate you. And these are my commitments. And as you make those commitments, show it. You can even use like that powerful sunlight energy from within your solar plexus to create like a projector and the scene of what you're doing in those couple of days or hours, the ones without your phone and just in those moments where you don't have anything you have to do. You're just enjoying your life. You're just crafting your wisdom. You're just tending to your body, caring for yourself. And just create this scene and see maybe it's a spa, a yoni steam and a massage, or it's just like sitting beneath a tree or writing more in your journal or envisioning what's next. And just create this scene of these couple of days without your phone and just this greater freedom in your schedule where, like we were talking about before we got here, just a little bit less running around. It's like, oh, just a little bit of stillness. Just a little bit of, I'm worthy of taking a moment. And not just I'm worthy, but I have set up my team. I have the perfect people to delegate everything to. Everyone will handle and care for everything for me. I get to take care of myself for a moment. And just let your body feel that freedom. And that purple energy, purple is the blend of our root chakra, our survival, our grounding, our foundation of our lives upon which we build everything else and our expression, our genius, our energy, our clothes, our podcasts, everything that we share in the world. Purple is their coming together and then often associated with our, our third eye, our visionary capacity and chakra energy center. And so that purple is also an implication that your body's asking for space to have more visionary ideas and creativity come in and to feel more grounded and to let an even greater iteration of your expression emerge from within you, your genius. So when you feel into all of the color magic of this message from your body, this promise that you're making to yourself. How does it all feel? Feels it's just like sometimes I just like laugh at life. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. how we got here. Yeah. How I'm in this moment. Just like never fails to serve me what I need. That's you know what I mean? Um and this was what I was running from all day, kind of in my head. I was like very much, I was struggling with mm. the conversation in my in my head and the experience of a part of me that feels a certain way. And so it's like, yeah, just to be here feels, feels nice. Mm. And it does feel like there's like a greater expression coming through that yeah. I've been, haven't been making space for and it's causing me to feel yeah. anxious. Yeah, and that's that clouded mind. We get into the clouded mind rather than into that visionary space when we don't just create. 
a little stillness to let whatever's new come through. Where the fuck am I? <laughs> Dude, in the portal. That's right. See? Microtrance. Just a little bit right there. There you go. Actually, that was good. That was a microtrance, truly. Yeah. And I didn't beat. I wasn't possessed. That was <laughs> no. Past lifetime of possession, potentially. Good job, girl. Like, it's hard to do that on a... <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, I can't wait to like, live a life where I'm not perceived all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, just... Con- I was like, oh, I wish I could go deeper because then it's like, oh, I'm being perceived. Well, yes, and... I just want to reflect to you that I think that's the fucking shit right there. I think that was so brave and so courageous. And for all y'all watching, like, this is why we're sitting on this couch. This is why we've achieved our goals and our dreams is because we're willing to do stuff like that. It is uncomfortable. It is scary. It is hard. Spiritual growth, in quotes or not, is the hardest choice you'll ever make, but it's the most worth it. And so I really honor and acknowledge you for doing that because I know that that's hard and I know this was unexpected. And of course, we'd go deeper if you didn't have to answer in front of millions of people. But I truly believe like this is what creates liberation and this is what creates power. And this is why people resonate with you and your podcast and everything you're sharing. This is why people think you're dope and want to listen to you because like that's fucking brave. And this is what people are not told is okay and we need to hide this part and be perfect and like sell everyone all this bullshit on Instagram and don't ever show a single part of yourself that's hard and and flawed or it's just not real I know and I felt really inspired by this because I actually went on a podcast yesterday and she asked me if she could coach me and I was like huh interesting and And I brought up a whole thing about my dad and this one time that he screamed at me about, you don't know shit about business. And now that I'm running this really successful business, I still have these moments sometimes where I like am worried that he's right. And so I defer to my the one man on my team. My whole team is full of women, but there is one man who like does my marketing, who's my dear friend and I love so much. But sometimes I will let him make a plan that isn't right for me because I go back into that story of like, I don't know shit about business. It's like, actually, I don't need to know shit about business. I know a lot about magic and Mm -hmm. I've been making that work for my business this whole time, you know? Wow. Did that feel good to be coached in that moment? Yeah, it was great. It was something that I also, it was just my birthday a few days ago. And so it was also something Mm -hmm. that I was like really working on and working through within myself. Like you said, I'm processing through not abandoning. So we're definitely on this path, but it's always nice to have someone facilitate you and help guide you into something. Even if the only thing that you got from that was, oh, wow, I did experience a micro trance state and I didn't get possessed and nothing bad did happen. Like even that is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also, I feel like even part of kind of correlated to the witch rune, but like the experience of the feminine is just that like constant navigation of needing to be liked. Yeah. And it's, I think people, I don't think people would look at me and say, she doesn't give a fuck because it's obvious I give a fuck, but (laughs) you know, it's very obvious the way I look, I give a fuck, but it's also, they would also think there's people that would think I wouldn't because I have a podcast and because Mm -hmm. I'm open and because I say the thing. So there's like that, that contrast but there is the experience of this deep desire to be liked and to be accepted and to not let people down and to not disappoint people and to be perfect and and perfect not in the way yes there's the experience of wanting to be perfect in the vain way of how you look but then yeah for me it's more like the experience of I want everyone to experience me as like this specific yep and like good me luck this, exactly <laughs> and letting go of that control has been 
such a challenge yeah. for me. But you seem to have done that well because it's almost like you go to the extreme to be like, fuck it. You know? Yeah. I try to give as few fucks as possible. Okay, this app has been with me through seasons of wanting to prevent pregnancy and also get pregnant. The app is Natural Cycles. It is a leading women's health company that they created the world's first FDA-cleared birth control app. So the app's algorithm uses hormone-driven changes in body temperature to let users know when they're fertile and not fertile. It is so easy, y'all. Every single morning I wake up, I have the uh, thermometer on my bedside table, and then I take my temperature, I input the temperature into the app, and boom, there you go. Um, It is 93% effective with typical use and 98% effective with perfect use use. It's pretty incredible. Um, I know a lot of people are just thinking about their birth control. Uh, A lot of people are going off hormonal birth control. This is an incredible, incredible option for you. I've been using it for a couple years now. Um, And again, it is so easy. So the algorithm uses the body temperature to determine where a user is at in their cycle. The more they measure, the more data it will have. Um, and if you have an aura ring, by the way, it syncs with your aura ring and it'll take your temperature automatically. Pretty cool. You can trust Natural Cycles for the past 10 years. They have been setting the precedent for non-hormonal and non-invasive birth control without sacrificing effectiveness. They were the first to introduce a birth control app, the first to receive FDA clearance as a birth control app, and the first birth control app to integrate with that wearable device, the aura ring. They're the best. I'm excited for you all. Listen. As our listener, you are going to get a discount plus a free thermometer gravy. Use code almost30 at naturalcycles.com to get 15% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. That's naturalcycles.com. You're going to use the code almost30 to get 15% off an annual membership and a free thermometer. How do you deal with letting people down or like conflict in relationships? I mean, I get edgy. I get frustrated. I'm a pretty, like, I do what I want. I get what I want. I don't fucking compromise kind of person. And so for me, it's more about can I express that in a way that feels even possible to receive by another person? Because even my team, whenever anything happens, I'm like, oh, no, just absolutely not. That's not happening. We're doing this, this, and this. And one of my my business manager was with me at an event this weekend and I just had to cut a line to get in somewhere. I was like, I'm not waiting 15 minutes in this line. Like, da, da, da. And I just like, and spoke my little way in and then things like that just happened over and over again because I just am going to do what I want and I'm going to do whatever the fuck needs to get done for me to like get what I want. And that does sometimes affect my relationship, primarily just with my partner, you know, because he's like, hi, there's two of us here. You need to compromise. You know, like I get that you've built your business on getting whatever the fuck you want, but like I have desires too. I told you before we started, you know, we started seeing a really great therapist and it's really helping us understand how for me to still get what I want, but for Bear to see some of the ways where he's actually resisting giving me what I want as like a way to punish me or be mad at me or whatever it is. And so we're really working through those things. For me, it just was like, what does my inner child need? What does she want? How can I give that to her in every way? And the only time I don't let that be my North Star is if I know that it's some wound that she's coming from. 
Like when you're expressing yourself, if you're talking and you're being your yourself and you're in your truth and you're sharing something that's resonant with you and somebody else gets triggered, that's their fucking problem. That's their responsibility to deal with. But if you're coming from, I need to be seen, I need to be liked, I need to be heard, you know, and somebody gets triggered, that's your responsibility. And so I just really try to make sure that if I'm expressing from my wounded child or I'm acting in a way that is because she's feeling like, oh, teach him. Like, there's nobody to point a finger at but me. And if I'm in alignment and it's just genuinely my truth, like, no, I will ever back down. Never. Because that's what I'm in service to. And I have found that me being in my truth is why people resonate with me. And when I do coaching and at my retreats, obviously we go much deeper when we when we don't have cameras rolling, but I I do give people dragon fire a lot. And sometimes it dr- does trigger them and they get upset or they get frustrated or they think that I'm attacking them and they always thank me later. Always. They're like, oh, fuck, I was so triggered by that. I was so threatened by that. I thought you didn't like me, whatever. And then I just realized like that was just my wound and I needed to hear exactly what you said. Dude, that's master level shit. I really, In some ways, girl, like she got her own, all kinds of stuff, you know, we all do. Yo. <laughs> and you were talking about your partner yeah. and it seems like that's like a, a tr- something that you're experiencing right now. Yeah. Just what's going on in your relationship. What's been present for you in, in that relationship and what are you really learning and growing through right now? Oh my God, it's so many things. Just really having boundaries with my communication. So understanding the way that his wounds can be triggered by my communication because Yes, okay, again, if I'm just speaking my truth and he gets triggered, that's his responsibility. But if I'm feeling resentful because he doesn't want to give me what I want, like, that's not his fault. He just doesn't, it's not right for him in the moment. So I'm really learning about how to communicate with better boundaries with him and especially how to respond to his childhood wounds. He was used as a pawn with his parents. They just, like... Yeah, it was super traumatic for him during their separation and divorce. And so he's got a lot of wounds. He's got a lot of wounds around therapy. He's like, he doesn't want to do therapy. That's why it's such a gift that we found this amazing therapist that we both love. But so for me, it's about like, how can I, you know, the same as if I want to be kind to minor child, I got to be kind to his too. I've got to honor this like beautiful little boy that got wounded by specific things that happened to him when he was young. And so I don't want to I don't want to make that worse. I don't want to keep perpetuating that or make him feel anything other than that I care for him and I love him and he's safe with me and I want him to feel his feelings. And so, yeah, that's been a big piece is, okay, I can still ask for what I want. I can still get what I want. I can still be exactly who I want. And I can express all of those things or receive them or cultivate them or make them happen in a way that is really nourishing and nurturing for him. And this is my first like conscious partnership. I was celibate for three years before I met him. And before that, it was just like casual, not super long-term relationships. And so, yeah, it's the learning ground for me right now. It's really where I feel so good. Like when I'm in my own life and being who I am and running my business, I feel fucking amazing. But partnership is where I'm learning. And we're both Geminis, so it's there's always like five or six people in the room in any given conversation. So, yeah, I'm really learning how to wield my power with more softness and more love and more kindness, general awareness of what he needs in order to even receive what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. I cannot understand <laughs> more. 
<laughs> that was some of the biggest learning where you're like, oh, this could be different. I could still get my point across in this way. Yeah. That, and that for me was like, oh, this is what being spiritual is. Being able to like be kind in my communication, not self-abandoned. Yep. Understand and be loving, hold my ground. Yep. Trust my intuition and my vision and my yeah. sight, but also meet someone else. Who's literally there to help you grow, like yes. that you chose that person in yes. order to learn those things so that you could master this next level of really just yourself. Like yes. we think about it as being other or like relationship with something outside, but it is to be able to master wounded or confused or lost parts of ourselves. I think a lot of people will probably wonder, how have you been able to maintain your witchiness, your spirituality, your magic within relationship? Because a lot of women feel like the masculine or their partner isn't at all spiritual or isn't at all interested in things like that. So how have you been able to maintain that aspect of you or even cultivate it even more in relationship? I had a long period where I didn't. Like that's actually what we're working through. It's not any fault of his own. He is very spiritual in his own way. That's how we bonded was like, again, the Gemini thing, like just talking about, I'm like, I'm talking about Tantra. He's like, I'm talking about Buddhism. And he's into tech and psychedelic therapy and all of these different things than what I knew about. And so one, he is very spiritual in his own way. It's very different from mine. He doesn't hang out in nature the way that I do, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have a relationship to God. And so for me, what my biggest growth edge is, and I guess the second part to the question you were just asking is that that is the biggest place where my witch wound has shown up, actually. And I don't talk about this very often, but it has been challenging for me to be all the way myself with him because it feels scary and it feels like he'll judge me or it feels like he doesn't want it or it feels like he's too busy to do the practices the way that I want to do them. And I did self-abandon in some parts of our partnership. And again, like I take full responsibility for that. It's not his fault. I let myself be afraid. Like one comment here, one eye roll there, mm -hmm. one like I don't want to. And oh my goddess, the stories that I made from that and the ways that I hid my magic from our partnership and just wouldn't be giving myself in it or saying like, okay, well, I'm going to lead us through this thing because that's what I need to do to survive. Like I need to feel like my magic is welcome in my relationship. And I think that the biggest thing is that a lot of people are just with the wrong person. You're just with someone who like doesn't care about the spiritual path or doesn't want to do the work. And my partner and I have just known from the moment we got together that this is a karmic mission-based relationship. This is about saving and changing and healing the world. And so we just now at three and a half years, like we have now been through all the shit and seen every fucking wound of each other and our worst selves and our lowest, darkest, stickiest, ickiest, like, Isn't you know, crazy. And now after all of that, now who we're becoming, who we're rising into and like, I'm a dragon and he's a phoenix. And so like. The dragon fire, like I showed him every part of my hatred for the patriarchy. I showed him every part of my fear and my wounds. And he was like, let's fucking go. And so I also had a man who's willing to stick through anything with me. And now we've stuck through everything we could have been through. And on the other side, it's like, wow, we are rising reborn. And now what the fire has destroyed within us is rebirthing and creating this new iteration of who we get to be together. And it just 
yeah, now it like feels so exciting and so inspiring and so clear and so like, yes, of course. But I think it is, it's something that you can't get everything from your man. You can't expect to. That's why we have sisterhood. That's why we have friends. That's why I do pleasure circles and wild rituals and my whole like, not like wild, crazy, tantric shit with my girlfriends. Because like, he doesn't want to do it. That's okay. God bless him. But I think that's the biggest piece is finding, of course, finding the balance between masculine and feminine within ourselves, how much goddess time, how much easy freedom, not working off my phone energy do I need to have in order to support my structure and my discipline and what I'm doing in my business and like making sure that we're still moving forward. So we find the balance of masculine and feminine within ourselves and then we find it in the people in our lives and in our activities and what we do. Okay, yeah, sometimes I like just hanging out with my man and listening to what he's talking about with new tech things or he's getting all excited about the Apple headset and blah, blah. I'm like, whatever. But sometimes I just want to sit and hang out with Sahara and talk about sex all day because like I need that. And so we find then that balance in our partnerships, our friendships, our communities, our relationships. And I think that's why it's so important to find the balance within yourself so that then you can create it again, like as within, so without. It's a dance. It takes a while. But if you have a partner that doesn't support your practice or doesn't want you to be doing your practice, like that's not the right partner for you. They don't have to want to do it with you, but they can't try to get you to not do it. I don't think that works. What does a witch look like in the everyday? If someone was in the matrix world or the corporate world, how could they incorporate more of their witchiness? So one thing that's super easy is charging your water. Water holds memory. You can put intentions and spells and desires into your water. That's a super simple, easy one. Whatever you drink in the morning, again, tonic, tea, coffee, matcha, whatever it is, you can literally stir spells and like, today is going to be the best, most amazing day. I'm going to feel so inspired and so happy and so grateful and so blessed. And I feel pleasure running through me. Even when I'm sitting at my desk, I feel so excited and so good. Dance breaks, breathing, taking moments Mm -hmm. to write in your journal, taking moments to meditate, even if it's just a little bit. I'm not the kind of person that can listen. If I have anything like inputting with words, I can't like work with words. But if you are one of those people, play spiritual music, play beautiful chorus, play powerful mantras that are like programming you in a positive way. And again, as above, so below, that is one of the 12 laws of the universe, the law of correspondence. That's what my whole book is about that's out in January. It's called Intuition and it's literally about as above, so below, as within, so without. So if you can relate to your body as the earth and remember that your breath is the wind and your water is the blood and your fire is your power, then when you see the sun, it's like, oh, there's a message of my power. And when you feel a gust of wind blow past you, you're like, ooh, is that the winds of change or like a new thought or a new belief? Oh, I'm drinking this water. Like how can I, again, use it to transform my emotions or, oh, water spilled. Okay, maybe this is like I'm having like some emotions that need to be released or there's some creative thing that like wants to come out of me and I'm trying to keep it in instead of birthing it or letting it go. And so I think that's a really huge one. And every animal that you see, every word, the numbers, like everything around you is always speaking to you. There is this universal language, this symbolic communication that 
God and our higher selves are using to communicate with us in every single moment. And we just haven't been taught to understand it or to speak back to it. And so that's a great way just in general to like, oh, look at this person and oh, my curtains caught fire and curtains are usually used to either like keep people from seeing us, right? We want to hide behind the curtains so no one can see in or we're trying to like keep the light out. Oh, where am I like trying to keep the light out in my life? I'm just looking at the curtain. That's just a simple example of the fact that everything has information. Everything is divination. Everything has greater significance and meaning to you and for you. And so you don't have to do spells or do anything, but feel your feet on the earth. Send a grounding cord down. Send a red cord from your womb or your spine into the earth. And remember that even if you're 38 stories in the sky, there's still a beautiful sentient planet beneath you. And bless your food. Bless the farmers and the people that grew it and all the sunlight and all the water that went into whatever you're eating. There's so many ways. Bless your body. Even just like putting your hands on your body for a moment and just saying, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for walking me through another day, getting me here, typing these keys, zipping these pants, tying these shoes, like everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's like it doesn't take much. You don't have to change your life. You just have to change the way you live it. At the beginning, we were talking about periods because we're both on our moon. <laughs> I just would be remiss if we didn't talk about it because okay. yeah. I actually have never talked about it before. Great. Like the spiritual significance of ah. being on your moon. Oh, there's so much. Let's hear it. So one of the big things is that you're shedding any possibility of who you are as a parent every month. So every possibility of an egg being fertilized with anyone that you've made love with during that month, that sheds. It's gone. Any man or person's fluids who you've had inside of you, of course, like they say that the energy stays, but it's the physical implantation potential is gone. Who you were as a woman. The reason that my moon actually came a week early is because of who we were being at the highest self weekend. And we were just like at Sahara's event and just going full force. And like every time we would sit down to talk with each other, we were just in a manifestation circle. And we did it for my birthday and we did it like three or four times a day. We're just like embodying our higher selves. My moon's been coming on the 19th, the new moon, or every month, four months, like the whole year. And she's like, nope, girl, you're that old version of you is done. I'm coming now. So it's a shedding, it's a releasing energy. When we think about our wombs, our inner cauldron, and of course, men have them too energetically, but that sacral chakra, it's like, what am I creating? What am I brewing in my cauldron? And then some part of that is releasing and letting go to clear out. It's a cleansing process. Water, blood, again, is our emotions, our creativity, our sexuality, especially when you think about it, the uterine lining that's releasing, it is, it's stem cells. It's like the only time our moon stops is when a baby is being created. So that blood is literally what is becoming life. And it's the original blood of Christ. Christ actually means anointment or the anointed one. And the oldest ever shamanic sites discovered, like over 40,000 years old, pre-Ice Age, the only things that they had that they found in them were swan wings, like fans for from swans because feathers have always had so much significance and we use bird wings for cleansing and clearing energy with people and rocks covered in moon blood. So it's literally the OG blood of Christ is menstrual blood. It's shed without violence. We don't die from it. It is just released and cleansed. It's 
full of stem cells, the same stem cells that people shoot into their elbows and knees for twenty or thirty or fifty thousand dollars come from uterine lining and umbilical cords, because that's where the most powerful energetic stem cells come from. And so when you're bleeding on the new moon, there's a lot of different theories about this, but because new moons are it's the dark moon. So back in ancient times when we would have the reason why we all sync up together is because we were meant to bleed together. That's why that happens is so that it's like only one week instead of one woman having a hard time this week and everybody, it's like we sync up when we spend a lot of time together so that we could have this one week together and we just dip out of the tribe. Y'all take care of everything. And we would just, you could have three generations of people in one tent because the age differences were so much less back then. So you could be bleeding at 13 with your 30 year old mom and your 45-year-old grandma or whatever it is, maybe let's hope for a little larger age discrepancy, that was normal back then. And so it was a time for us to gather, bleed onto the earth. We think about like what we do to clean water. Like I try to pee outside every single time, always just so I don't toxify the water because billions of people would kill to drink that water and we just defecate into it. And so it is, it's the waters within us as well. It is this like element of cleansing and purification. So the new moon would have been the time that was aligned with bleeding back in ancient times before artificial lighting, because the full moon is the brightest time of the month. It's the time when you can be outside and walking around without any lights. And we didn't have electricity back then. So if you got too far away from the fire, like you couldn't see anything. So during the full moon, you can be out, make love with your lover, have so much fun, like wander around, go for hikes. I love a good full moon hike. So that would be the time of ovulation. That's when you are making babies and getting down. So the dark moon can't see anything anyways. So you're in your little tent together. We're all hanging out, singing songs, laughing, shooting the shit, bleeding onto the earth and receiving downloads, being in the portal of, okay, as our bodies release, that is therefore energetically making space. So we release, so we receive. We release, we receive. So bleeding on the new moon is very much like about that intentions. And this is where there's two different schools of thought. So I don't like to say it is one way or the other. Some people say because we plant seeds on the new moon, why wouldn't that be ovulation? Because ovulation is literally like our seeds being implanted, right? Releasing an egg. And I totally get that. And some people say, okay, well, full moons are for releasing. So why wouldn't we be bleeding on the full moon? And it's really just a beautiful opportunity to feel in with what's happening with your body. So I do feel like because I'm releasing, I feel like those are my seeds. I'm like, okay, they're not like eggs specifically that I'm ovulating, but these are like my stem cells. This is what I'm letting go of this month, what I'm shedding. And I have to let go of those things in order to set my new intentions because my new intentions aren't going to work unless I'm not doing the old things that I was doing. So that's where you really get to feel into it for yourself and what feels right for you. I was a full moon bleeder for a long time and now I'm on the new moon and now she's a week early. So she's probably switching back and I'll go back to the full moon. And others say that new moon bleeding is really about having that time together because it was the really natural, normal time and being more like in the community type of energy. And then the full moon, because it is so bright outside, it's like something is being illuminated for you specifically. In that release, in that letting go, there's something that's meant to be brought to the light for you 
as you're shedding on full moon if you're bleeding then instead. So there's so many different things. But yeah, one of my like things that I'm known for is painting my face in moon blood and it's full of stem cells. It's like natural Botox. So it's a really great face mask. It's a great, you know, like warrior paint for your partner if they're into it. Luckily, mine is. And it's really just such a powerful, it's a great manifestation tool, like painting with it. You don't have to paint a person. You can, but painting a manifestation, like I painted this castle years and years ago, and now I run retreats in castles and do these gorgeous experiences like going to Hogwarts for a week. And so I think that it's certainly for me, it's worked very well as like a, let me paint a manifestation that I have. Let me like draw with my moon blood something that I'm calling in and then it comes to fruition. What's one thing people can do today to connect to their magic? Ooh, I think your magic starts in your body. And so really listening, again, tuning in with all those elements we've been talking about and just seeing like, where does my magic come from? For some of us, it's in our hands or it's in our feet and our roots and our deep connection to the earth or in our womb and our creativity or in our heart and just loving people and feeling where does my magic live? What does my magic look like? What does it feel like? And just listening to it and saying, hey, I want you to be in the driver's seat today. What do you want from me? What do you ask of me? What should I do? Where should I go? What should I eat? What should I wear? Who should I be? What should I say? And seeing if you can begin to differentiate between the voice of the critic or the voice that's unkind or your preacher or your parent or whoever that tries to keep you small and make you feel bad about yourself and then the voice of your magic. So then every day, no matter what happens, you can start choosing consciously to be in deeper devotion to your magic rather than the part of you that's trying to keep you from it. What are you excited about creating right now that you can share with our audience? So my book, Intuition, comes out on January 30th of 2024. I'm super excited about that. that feels are you done writing it? It's done. It's okay. in. Yep. We good. It's in. My Oracle deck is due on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So good things happening there. So that's really fun. The thing that I'm most excited about creating that I am just so ready to bring into existence is an Anthony Bourdain-style show for magic and spirituality, exploring the world, sharing ancient wisdom, and truly showing how much magic is still alive in our modern world and that we just have to choose to access it. That's what I feel really excited about. But everything, all my programs are so great and such a gift and such a blessing to be able to help people heal and find their magic. But that's something that I feel really, really excited about bringing to life. Yeah, that's so rad. Yeah. That's just perfect for you. This has been a wild portal and journey and I'm so excited to debrief after and mm -hmm. I'm so grateful you came yeah. on yeah would love to probably have you on again before the book comes out thanks and like go a little bit crazier. yeah let's go let's we'll do like crazy a crazy session again yeah alright guys we'll see you later love you so much bye thank you so much again Mia Mia Magic on Instagram MiaMagic.com and that's magic with a K she will be speaking at our free online virtual event called Nature Camp happening July 22nd from 10am to 2pm Pacific Again, that is free. It is virtual, so you can join from all over the world. You can be cozy on your couch. We have other speakers like Astro Twins who are talking about the nature of love, helping you reclaim your romantic essence as we move into the latter part of the summer. Mia is talking about manifestation using the Earth's elements. We have Dr. Jolene Brighton talking about honoring our natural cycles as women. 
seeing the beauty in our rhythms of our bodies and our expression. And Lindsay and I are going to be talking about true radiance, a beauty and body reframe, how we can really see the cycles and journey of our life as parts of the process to make us more human and make us more whole. We have more speakers we are announcing soon, so stay tuned for some other amazing people that are going to be joining us at camp. So camp is also a celebration of our membership, so it will give you definitely a taste of what it feels like to be in the membership on a monthly basis and it is open for enrollment so we will give you a sneak peek and bonus all of the camp recordings will be available in the membership i know a lot of you are like oh i want to watch that again i want to save it forever so those will be in the membership so we will celebrate that as well so again camp is completely free you can sign up at almost30.com slash camp we cannot wait to see you lots of surprises lots of connection and that is july 22nd from 10 to 2 p.m pst beautiful i cannot wait the membership is such a special part of my life camp is one of my favorite things and they're both available for you now and just a quick thank you to our sponsors for this episode as always just bringing you brands we love and all of the discount codes and links are in our show notes and on almost30.com thank you so much for being a part of our community for listening to the show for sending episodes to your friends so you can start conversations you can stay connected thank you for subscribing rating and reviewing you have episodes of almost 30 available for you whenever you need you also have morning microdose which is our daily dose almost30.com for all the resources for any links that we talked about and then almost 30 podcast on tiktok and instagram for some more content accessible for you at any time thanks so much for listening we'll see you on the next one bye